0: the Reformation, yeah. The bar, Liverpool. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building right back in here another Tuesday. Super excited as always coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, wherever you listen to The Bar. We're grateful that you're listening and we start every show off the same way. We love to thank the listeners. Thank you guys for listening to The Bar, sharing The Bar, telling people about The Bar, rocking The Bar, being with The Bar, being at The Bar. I really appreciate you guys uh, just supporting us in every way and we're just super excited about things that are coming and. And uh, just not only for the bar, but also for the network, man. This is a really exciting time right now. Um, and like I do every Tuesday, I bring you awesome guests. This is another awesome guest. Actually, a, a referral, I could say, from my, my my dear sister over at Tulips and Honey. Miss Lauren uh, hooked us up, told us about this amazing young lady, and I had to have her on my show as well. We have on uh, none other than Aaron. How you doing?
1: I'm very well, thank you. It's a joy to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So for those that don't know, Erin, just kind of give us a little background to uh, share whatever you want to share, personal, professional. You got the floor to do that right here.
1: Sure. Um, I am saved by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. I am a homeschooling mom of two boys. My oldest is 17. My youngest is 11. I am the women's ministry director at our church here in Edmonton, Canada. And I've recently just been added to Reformation Heritage books book review a team, which is super exciting just to be able to be Christ. able to review books and get sound literature in the hands of women. There's so much aimed at us today that is just not helpful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but my primary ministry is really to my husband, who is a preaching pastor here at Grace Life Church in Edmonton, and he is just a faithful, faithful expositor of the Word, probably the most influential person in my life. I owe a lot to the Lord for giving him to me. Um, He's a two-time graduate of the Master's Seminary and just finished his doctorate with Dr. Steve Lawson, so that's super exciting. Nice, and I'm I'm glad that that's done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I bet, I bet that is awesome, and that that is some awesome words to say about your husband. You know, I came out of the charismatic world, and and you know, one thing they used to say was you can always tell if the preacher's living what he's preaching if you look at his wife. You know, if he's up there preaching and she got a stink face on, and you know, you know, he's preaching one thing but living another. So it's always encouraging to hear uh you know you think so much of your husband, uh which is amazing, so before we get into, I guess I would say the meat meat and what you kind of spent most of the time talking about with Lauren, I want to get more into uh your your responsibilities at a church with women's ministry, and just some of the things you've experienced with that and 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 uh maybe some encouragement for some women that may be listening
1: sure, um really, how our women's ministry started was by Grace Community Church's women's ministry when we were at seminary, um, I guess it was 13 years ago now, their women's ministry just had a huge impact on my life in teaching me the disciplines of the Christian life and the importance of reading the Word verse by verse, how to pray, how to encourage one another, really just how to be a Christian in the local church. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, in, that just impacted me so much in my life, in my marriage, in my parenting, everything that I knew that that was something that if the Lord gave us a church that I hopefully would be able to see in our church. So that's really how our women's ministry got started. And there's just so much unhelpful stuff out there for women that really just a verse by verse explanation of the word and studying it together as the, as the extension of a Titus 2 ministry is very important. Um, I actually work with my husband. He's the elder over the ministry, mm-hmm. and our ministry is an extension of the pulpit ministry. I don't think that you should have a women's ministry that's not an extension of the pulpit, that isn't seeking to teach what's coming from the pulpit. Um, so that's really just a service that I rendered to him in in discipling our women in the Titus 2 ministry and helping make our church strong
0: that's awesome. That's amazing. Uh reason I guess the reason why I'm really intrigued, all my listeners know. Um, you know, I have a wife, of course. Um, and, and so I I've loved um in our transition from Charismatic to reform, you know, it's taking her a little longer, and I, I love getting her contact connected to, you know, uh, strong biblical women and, and different resources. So, uh, that's really good that uh, y- y'all, you're not trying to build something separate, but it's an extension of uh, what's coming from the pulpit. So that that is really encouraging. So, um. Lauren told me about your amazing testimony, uh, dealing with uh, abortion and everything, and um, just I, I'm going to give you the floor. Just kind of tell us a little bit about that, and, and 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 just just take it away, and we'll we'll just kind of pick it back off of that.
1: Sure. Um, did you want like my whole testimony leading up to that, or just well, yeah. Hey, version of it? it <laughs>
0: Uh, the bar isn't as quite as long as truth and, uh Tulis and Honey, but you know, uh, you you just roll. I, I'm I'm willing to extend it because uh, I'm sure somebody will be blessed by. It.
1: Sure, I um I just was a really lost young woman. I was a competitive gymnast. Really started training when I was three years old, and. Uh, started competing when I was seven and that carried on into my teenage years. It really was my identity. It's what I thought about. It's what I love. Mm. Um, I spent all of my extra time training, watching gymnastics. It, it's really an individual sport in which you pursue that gold medal. So you're always reaching to make yourself better. So that's really what consumed my life. And I said this to Lauren too, that it's so crucial for mothers, to start training their children on what is their identity? Why are they here? Why have they been created? Um, Because that's really what adolescence is about, is a quest for identity. And if you're not finding that identity in Christ, oh, it's, it's not good. So I really early on after I quit gymnastics was lost and just didn't know like, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? And didn't have any direction at that point. So started just exploring what the world explores And that led me into just immorality, drugs, alcohol. Um, And to make a long story short, um, I I wanted to put myself through business college in my early 20s. And so when I started going to business college, I thought, okay, well, I need to pay for this. So I started working at a nightclub at night and really was just subjected to a life that I was naïve Too, um, and really just opened the door just for my depravity to express itself. And I ended up getting pregnant with my oldest son and, um, you know, had no idea what I was going to do. I really did grow up in a nominal Christian home, kind of grew up in the church, um, a professing church really. Um, and so I knew a little bit about God. I knew a little bit about Jesus, um, but really just was not living the life. My mentality was like, I'm going to have my fun, And when I'm done having my fun, then I'll do the whole church thing. Um, so when I got pregnant with Isaac, that was a terrifying thing for me because how am I supposed to tell my Christian family what essentially how I've been living for the last 10 years?
2: Mm.
1: And so for the first time in my life, I prayed and just said, please help me. Like I don't know what to do, God. I don't know if you're real. I don't, you know. I I just was so lost and so confused, and um, had a person in my life that was pressuring me to get an abortion, and was walking down the road to the abortion clinic. wasn't. Um, showing at the time. You wouldn't have known I was pregnant. And again, this is just my experience. I don't Mm -hmm, actually know mm -hmm. what was happening from the outside looking (laughs) in, but as I'm walking down the street, I'm looking down. And then as I looked up, there was a woman standing in front of me and she was a picketer at the clinic. And she looked at me and she said, you're not going to do this. You're going to turn around. You're going to get in your car and you're going to go home. And I thought, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to get in the car and go home. Right. And uh, so she, she took me back to my car. She was a brave woman. I really hope one day I can meet her. Um, I hope to meet her in eternity. But she got me in my car and she was being yelled at the entire time, just called names and just was such a brave, courageous woman to sit me back in my car. And she asked me to roll down my window and uh, she put these verses in the little slit of the window that talked about just life and how important life was and who God was. And so I opted to have Isaac and, you know, being a single mother that comes with all of its difficulties Mm -hmm. and um, really planned that I was going to raise him in the church because I wanted to give him an idea of who God was and ultimately he can choose. So misguided, but that's just my thinking. And thought, okay, I'm going to clean my life up because I need to take care of this boy. But you can't clean your life up on your own. And ultimately, within the first year of his life, I started to fall back into sin. The same lifestyle started to get back into drugs and um, ended up getting pregnant again. And by this time, my heart was so hardened. I thought I can't do this. I can't. Mm. I can't have another child. I can't be a single mom of two kids. Um, so just really wasn't willing to face the consequences of my sin and had determined um, I have to have an abortion. And this time made the appointment, went to the clinic, went to a clinic without picketers. And so if I can just, you know, there are really solid guys out there, Tony Niano, Bobby McCreary, who Mm -hmm. are faithfully outside of these abortion clinics, pleading with women to, first of all, give their life to Christ. um, But then for them to see the value of human life, that that baby was created in the image of God. And I just, their ministries are so important because it was a woman picketing that helped me. And I wonder with my actual abortion, um, if if i'd go if i would have gone through it if there was someone there to stop me right. i don't know right. um so really um having it was hugely traumatic my heart was so hard going in there but as soon as it happened mm-hmm. i'm sitting in the waiting room in this gown looking at this young girl in front of me just thinking this is obviously not the first time this girl has been here and just completely broken over what I had done. And um, that just threw me into a depression and a grief I have never experienced. And I think what needed to happen was, I think the Lord needed to show me what I was actually made of, what Mm -hmm. I was capable of doing. Because as long as there was someone in my immediate circle that I thought I was better than, Life was good. <laughs> right? Right. So as long as I could judge myself as higher or holier than somebody else, because I was a single mom, I was taking care of my child. I was providing for him. I was a pretty good mom from all the world standards. Um, but I think the Lord just really needed to show me the, the depth of my depravity, what I was capable of doing. And I had broken a law that was in my own heart. I swore I would never do this. I was right. I was the eleven year old picketer on the side of the road um, mm-hmm, trying mm-hmm. to save alive the baby. So yeah, the fact that I did that to me was the unforgivable sin and it's not the unforgivable right. sin. Um, so I never really thought about taking my life, but I just I wanted to die. I knew that I needed I needed to be forgiven for this sin. Um, But I didn't know how to go about doing that. And one night I was home and my cable hadn't been set up yet. And I had remembered a time that I was in the church a a year before that, that our pastor was taking a bunch of people down to see the Passion of the Christ. And I never thought anything of it at the time. And um, so then I I walked into the movie store and there's this massive display of it just as I walked in the door and I'm like oh okay well this is probably a good movie for me to watch (laughs) and so back then we had movie rentals I'm not sure if people know what movie rental stores are today
0: (laughs) (laughs) right that's a good question
1: so I I rented the movie and I put it on and from the first scene in the garden I just knew I knew um what the Lord was about to do because I still had some kind of knowledge of what Christ had done and um, just thought, how can I, how could you do that for me? And this is how I'm living my life. And so I went into my son's room, just looked at him and thought, man, how am I supposed to take care of this child if I can't even take care of myself? And I didn't know the word forgiveness. I didn't know the word repentance. I just spent the entire night telling the Lord how sorry I was and that I'm ready to do things His way. Um, so yeah, just just the trauma of the abortion really just stuck with me for a long mm-hmm. time, even after being saved, because in my mind, God could forgive me for every sin, but this one was just too much. Um, and And the enemy just had a heyday with that. And I remember... Mm my pastor saying to me through a sermon, not to me, but from the stage, uh, saying, you know, you just need to forgive yourself. And I'm driving home with my then boyfriend, now husband, and I'm crying because I cried every day. And I said to him, I just can't forgive myself for this. And he looks at me and he said it so gently, but the gist of it was, are you above God, Aaron? And I thought, what? what do you mean? And he says, nowhere in scripture are we commanded to forgive ourselves, but you're commanded to believe in what Christ did for you and that he's forgiven you for the sin if you're his. Mm. And I was like, oh, and that completely freed me because at the heart of what I was doing was unbelief. I
0: -hmm. didn't
1: believe that God would forgive me of this sin. Um, And so when I realized that I just needed to believe that, that the atonement actually covered all of my sin. Um, I was free then. I still mourn. It still has grievous consequences. Um, you know, it's been over 16 years, and I wish I could go back and take that back. It's something that you can't ever take back. Sure. And so there is just that, that consequence um, that I will bear with me. Um, on this earth, but I know that I'm forgiven, and I just I read that verse of She who has sinned much is forgiven much. She loves much, and uh, I'm thankful that the Lord would ever save somebody like me, especially from that life. And then seeing that on a pastor's wife, and He's put mm-hmm. me into to ministry. Um, something that's just so evident is the contrast of my life, and um. Yeah. So, again, abortion ministries, I think they're so important. Right. Um, and then being just being careful that we're ministering to women who, who have done this. And, you know, I, I said this to Lauren as well, that uh, having being a single mom was a lot easier than having the abortion. So right. with, and with all of the difficulty that, that comes with. Mm-hmm. Now, ideally, you want to say, um, right. stop the immorality outside of marriage and don't even get to that. Sure. Place. Sure. But, you know, so.
0: no, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. Um, just, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I know, uh, somebody, uh, will be blessed by that. And I really, to, to, I guess, kind of keep from, uh, Uh, taken away from that moment i i really don't have any follow-up questions so i'm gonna keep moving (laughs) because that was just beautiful man it's it's the it's the picture of the gospel you know forgiveness uh you know redemption and, and god's full work so with that being said we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back after this
2: Andrew Rappaport's Rapp Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of
1: those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, J. Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast
2: app, spelled R-A-P-P, Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org.
0: All right, we're back in here with my good friend Aaron. And uh, so this is the backside, lighter side of the bar. And I, again, I appreciate you sharing uh, sharing your story. Amazing story. Uh, but we're going to get into what we call the bar signature questions. These are three questions I ask all of my guests that come on the show. And so the first signature bar question is, what kind of music do you listen to? <gasps>
1: what kind of music do I listen to? <laughs> I... Um, probably all different kinds. My son is a musician, so he constantly has music going, but my choice is just, if it's doctrinally sound, theologically sound and exalting Christ, I will listen to it.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is cool. All right. Next signature bar question, which is going to be interesting. What book or books are you currently reading?
1: Am I currently reading? Okay. Mm Okay. Um, well, we have a conference coming up in July, so I'm reading lots of commentaries on Second Timothy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because my topic is on sound doctrine, but I am reading a biography on, um, Ann Judson, and I'm also reading a book on the, it's called The Good Portion Scripture, and so it's a book that I am reviewing. And then what other books? Am I reading with that? I always have some on the go, depending how I'm feeling in that moment. Oh, Dr. Owen Strand's um, Enchanting Humanity.
2: Okay. Oh, and I that's have my a buddy.
1: Systematic, yeah, I always have a systematic theology going as well. So I'm working my way through uh, Reform Systematic Theology vol- Volume 1 right now.
0: Nice. Nice. Awesome. Okay. All right. Last signature bar question is, what podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any?
1: You know, I'm not a huge podcast listener, um, though I have listened to some of yours. Nice. (laughs) Um, I'm actually more drawn to sermons. So when I have extra time, I'm generally listening to... Um, so I, I listened to one woman um really and that's Susan Heck. She she's a female expositor of the word. Her husband is a graduate of the Master's Seminary. She is a fantastic woman who just works her way through scripture. So I love listening to her. Um, but but really my go to's other than my husband, because he is my favorite pastor, um, would be Dr. Lawson or Dr. MacArthur.
0: Nice. Good deal. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. All right.
0: Well, listen, that that is uh, awesome. And I really appreciate you taking time to come on the show. So, Aaron, what I do on this side of the podcast is I give you the floor to uh, give any words of encouragement, anything you want to share right here. How can they find you all of that good stuff? And then we'll we'll slide out of here.
1: Sure. You can find me at uh, womenofgrace at gracelife.ca if you have any questions in regards to women's ministry, um, even if you are battling abortion. One of the things, uh, the responses from my, my testimony when I shared it on another podcast was women just feeling like because of the sin that they've engaged in in their life, that they feel like they can't be useful to God. Um, so if you just have any trouble working through that, I'd love to help you with that. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Aaron Coates 80. And yeah, again, if you just want any encouragement with your women's ministry, uh, I know also the difficulties that come with being a pastor's wife. We've been in ministry for a decade. Um, so if you just have any questions, discipleship questions, I would love to help you out with that. Um, and I think that would be it.
0: Awesome. Good deal. All right. Well, thank you again, Aaron, for coming on the show. Definitely enjoyed it. Definitely appreciate it. Big shout out to Lauren and Tulips and Honey. Make sure you check them out as well. Thank her for the the uh the reference to the bar lists. Make sure you check out the bar podcast, the barpodcast.com. Make sure you go to the tab and hit the network. Check out all the podcasts on the network as well as go to bargear.com Pick up your favorite bar gear, shirts, hats, beanies. We got it all. Rep your favorite podcast. Until next time, you guys, God bless. And we are out.